All right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Werewolf tonight. Episode one of uh, of the new Chronicle of Session Zero is behind us. We have made our characters. You can see the various their various names on the screen. If you're watching this, uh, we'll do a little proper introduction so everyone can kind of go through what they ended up with. As there were still some decisions here and there that we were still not 100 sure on when it comes to like gifts and rights and stuff like that. Uh, this isn't just for people watching. This is also for me, uh, as I don't uh, I don't necessarily remember them all. Uh, but yeah, we're starting up. Uh, we're we're gonna be in the Southwest U.S., primarily around Phoenix, is I think where we're gonna be. Uh, so the dusty storms is uh, is gonna be uh, is gonna be where we start tonight. So why don't we do a roundtable? Say who you are. Say what you end up building. Like you know your auspice, your tribe. If there's like an interesting detail about a power or a gift or something that you might have. Um, and anything else you want to tell us just about, uh, about, about your character, um, we'll do, you know, physical intros and such like that once, once we get into scene, but just some of the stuff from your character sheet that you think might be interesting. Uh, so Jeremy, you're up first, man. Yeah. So I made a Philodox, which is like the half moon auspice, uh, from the heart wardens. His name is Eustace Hart. Uh, I went kind of a jack of all trades sort of character. A uh, good bit of uh, craft abilities, fairly uh, high composure sort of guy, runs a, runs a bar locally, uh, has a special power where he can make magic beer that helps us resist fear and other uh, magical mental effects. Just an all-around real nice guy. Do you have a name for that brew? Yes, it was. Oh, man, I had it earlier. Is it like an IPA? Is it... I I can pull it up in the chat from last okay. week real quick. All right. It was red something. Oh, it was red moon. That's right. All right. Uh, nice. Okay. Very nice. And we know Heart and Soul's name of your saloon. Mm-hmm. And so do you serve Red Moon to normal people or is it just to so Red Moon is our like our, our top seller, but for the, the private brew, I took a rite that lets me kind of awaken the earth to help like uh energize the cairn. And what like the picture he does is he uses some of that same residual magic and he'll take some of the earth from around here, kind of actually awaken it, use it in the beer making process. So the private batch actually has it's an awakened beer. So now I'm picturing that when you guys actually do that right, it's literally just like a keg fest where you just kind of like Pretty are, much. are slamming yeah. back Red Moon. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Basically, you drink the beer and you're somehow psychically connected to the land. So you're bigger than just yourself. And it makes it easier to resist things. Yeah. And also that right. If I think if I'm if I'm thinking of the right one, I also think that helps the cairn too. Yep. Don't you take living cairn, right? Yeah. So basically, okay. I kind of go around and I also took cairn right, which like allows me to visit other cairns. So very much my guy is the one who shows up with a bunch of magic beer. He's invited to all the Cairns because he shows up with magic beer and he helps you keep the place healed up. He's just a real nice dude. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, next up, Melissa, tell us about Selena. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I rolled up a Theurge of Children of Gaia. Um, so kind of a little bit of the kind of Wayfarer archetype, kind of. Um She's got some skills in astronomy, um, and she's got some uh, science 
that was my science specialization that I went with. Okay. I was wondering, um, I'm like, I don't think there's an astronomy skill, but that makes more sense. <laughs> specialty. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I, I definitely picked skills that gave you free things because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so I also have some, uh, Karen rights, um, and some occult stuff. Um, okay. My ban is that I can only recover uh, one willpower if I lie for personal gain. So okay, that's perfect because you're not good at that to begin with. So <laughs> it's not really a too far for you. I can lie for someone else's gain, just right. mm-hmm. but just if you're not. helping them out, and by helping them out, it helps you out. Therefore, it's personal gain. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think the math makes sense. <laughs> okay, uh, Evan. Next up, tell us about Duke. Yeah, I'm playing uh, Duke Dustfang. I was the last one to choose my auspice, so I got Galliard, <laughs> which seems to be like the lore <laughs> slash bard. Uh, I'm kind of spinning it off as he's like a historian of cartography and like the old, he's a, from the Silverfang, so he's from um, nobility. And ever since all of the wars, kind of the land between the nobles has muddied and people are claiming territory that's not theirs. Cairns have been lost to the worm. And so he's kind of been gathering all this information to try and restore some of these places, perhaps bring his house back into power. But that's kind of his whole goal. Um, he's not really a combat character, but everyone says I can turn into a werewolf and I'll still be fine. So we'll see. Um, he has some spirit stuff. He has right of binding, which lets you bind spirits. And he has ways to make all the other werewolves get some rage. So we'll see if that comes into play. Fantastic. So you do get very good weapons when you go into certain forms. So if you go into like the Krenos form, for instance, you get like a, your claws are superficial plus three damage. Your bite is aggravated plus one damage. And then some of the other forms also have that as well i'm trying to remember which one's plus one for hispo for aggregate hispo's got a yeah aggravated bite on the hispo yeah the direwolf form that's right so uh so you can so you do have very good weapons and so the game works like combat's contested roles basically though there's a lot of simplified ways for the for the storyteller to to run their characters like i could roll a bunch of dice if i wanted to but i usually don't uh, and then you like we contest, and then like the difference in the contested combat role is usually the damage that's done, and then you add on to that your pluses for right, your weapon. Yeah, yeah. So plus one aggravate is uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, all right, next up we've got Kipser. Kipser, tell us about Lou. Uh, all right, yes, I am playing Lou Riel, who is a glass spider werewolf who kind of specialized. Uh, before they knew they were a werewolf, in um, investigating white-collar crimes, figuring out sort of corporate uh, structures and how they were screwing people over. Um, They got shot on the job, probably tipped a corporation the wrong way, because they're definitely not that nice to people sometimes, and uh, found out genetically that they could turn into a werewolf. so the the spider kind of reveals the interconnectedness of all things in webs and strands, uh, which is uh, pretty important for them as a detective. Uh, they do also have a youngerish son at about fourteen, um, and I'm probably going to be as good a parent as long as, from my understanding. 
Um, you set a low wow. bar. That is wow. extremely <laughs> low bar. <laughs> and uh, uh, not knowing that much about werewolves, uh, they did go to a palm reader to try to understand more information named Calypso Circle, where they met uh, fellow werewolf um, Selene, uh, who also has people that they know in the same building. Yeah, because yes. Madame Helene's crystals yep. and the uh, Calypso's readers are all in the same place. Maybe they know a lot, or maybe they're just making it all up for us. Exactly. Who knows? Fair enough. <laughs> we, will, we will find out uh, at some point, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, and then finally, uh, we Aaron took one for the team, took one for the team, and became a ruthless killing machine once again. So Aaron, <laughs> tell us about your ruthless killing machine. We don't know that he's a ruthless killing machine. He, his his human name is Jacques Roulette. Um, he is a red talon. So he was born as a wolf um, out uh, on the East Coast in the Appalachians, uh, was found uh, by a pack out there, was brought into the family um, and spent most of his, his life out there. Um, he does have serious issues with the weaver. Uh, probably more serious issues with the weaver than with the worm, but that's pretty common for uh, for red talons. He prefers to stay in the form of a wolf. His auspice is the Alrun, so yes, he is the warrior. Um, and uh, his uh, patron is Griffin, so he's a ferocious a ferocious fighter. Uh, but his ban, and this is the funny part with the red talons, the ban is if he uses or tries to repair um, any sort of technology or uses science or firearms or drives a car or uses academics or anything like that, he loses one point of willpower. I, he can only regain one point of willpower. Uh, and I thought that was fitting because he was born a wolf and identifies as a wolf, so he really has no interest in learning technology. His uh, the, the particular gifts I took, um, he's got Hidden Killer, which allows him to basically completely cleanse a crime scene as far as physical bodies he can he can use willpower to make their wounds magically disappear so no one will have any idea no forensic evidence whatsoever uh he also has cat feet so he can in any form he can fall up to uh uh 60 feet or 70 feet without taking any damage whatsoever and uh, then he has razor claws, which enhances his claws or can give him a claw attack even in his human form. And uh, he believes he, he believes that Duke as the silver fang is the alpha of our pack and should uh, and should be treated as such because he's a wolf. He's he's very much into the into the pack hierarchy. And he's yeah. got serious problems with Lou because he thinks that she might actually be an agent of the Weaver. <laughs> she probably is. I think she I think she might be. All the stuff about spiders and tech. Like, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be. All right. I think it's time we get started. I should actually one final note. Uh, I did settle on the the sept. I'm just going to use the word sept so that. So that Kips or can't what? make fun of what? me. What? What? <laughs> So uh, you all are part of a, a sept community uh, that's protecting a cairn uh, with to the east of Phoenix, uh, near Apache Junk. We're not going to be too precise with the geography, but we're east of Phoenix. 
and we're near the Superstition Mountains, and you are specifically a the 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 cairn is specifically built in a septus uh, around a a citrus grove, uh, as there are citrus farms out here in Arizona, and so you all are part of that community. You don't necessarily you can live there. There are places to live. There are barracks and bunkhouses, but then there's also people who don't. So there is some there's some contention between those who who stay there and those who don't. You're not the only pack there. You're one of three packs, we'll say, and a couple scatterings of of, of werewolves and such. But that is says kind of the home base that you'll be uh, you'll be playing to over the course of the chronicle. All right, I think we should go ahead and finally start. So let's get a little music going. If this works. And my overly long intro. All right. So we open uh, on a aerial shot of Phoenix at night. Got these tall downtown buildings. They're shining very bright on an otherwise very dark sky. Uh, towards the ground, we can see streets and we can see highways that are imbued with the oranges and reds of street lamps and brake lights. We see planes that are hurrying to land or take off or get taxied along the runways of Sky Harbor Airport. We can see all these LED billboards flickering along the interstates in a very familiar fashion, advertising casinos and resorts, Powerball jackpots and mega churches, each lie promising a different route to salvation. Off to the east, we see the silhouette of the Superstition Mountains framing the valley. And in their foothills stretch a series of ramshackle towns and ranch communities, isolated strip malls and startup suburbs, each manifesting as a manufactured oasis in a very long stretch of desert and rock. And to the south, we see a solid wall of dust from ground to sky. Lightning is cascading through an otherwise opaque wall of dirt. And the dust storm is sweeping upwards in this northwesterly fashion over the mountains. And it seems to settle and spin over all of these different desert communities. Winds and dirt threaten trees and cacti, streetlights and street signs. One of these street signs briefly reads before being caked over with dirt, Heart and Soul Saloon. It's battering, it's getting battered in the wind. You can see an adjoining parking lot with a few vehicles here and there and a bar. And there is, at this point, next to no outdoor visibility. Inside that bar, the power is flickering, as it often does during dust storms. And there is a scattered handful of patrons drinking. There's a jukebox that's enduring through uh, the scattering power, power outages. And there's a TV screen behind the bar that's warning of weather. We can see the dust storm is kind of spinning and spinning, not unlike a hurricane over the extended valley. Tending the bar, we see a man. Jeremy, go ahead and describe who we see, what he's doing. Describe the general vibe in the bar tonight. We're going to call it a Thursday, nighttime, terrible dust storm. Uh, not good to travel. And then give me one NPC from the area because this is near your 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 sept give me one npc mm. in the area okay yeah garrett is uh a relatively tall and you know broad-shouldered guy the hair is completely gray at this point uh kind of a light beard he's um overall pretty calm you know all right everybody just uh come on up 
We're going to do one round on the house real quick. And then after that, I'm going to make sure to ask everybody to help out with, you know, let's uh, block up all these windows and doors, everything. Ain't nothing to be concerned about, but we'll just ride it out, have some good company, good drinks, and everything's just fine. And, um, yeah, obviously, like, one of the people that's in here would be Garrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of a buddy of mine. He was a, he was kind of transient at one point, but he and I have become friends. He helps me kind of keep things on an even keel here. Um, outside of that, just for fun, I, th- I think there should be an alternate version of Caleb that is here. Okay. Uh, tell me, tell me about Caleb. Caleb is like a college kid. Okay. 20, age 21. Sure. Eustace looked at his idea, his idea for sure. Course. The ID says 21. That's all that matters. The ID says 21. Mm-hmm. You're in the clear after an that. eyebrow. Yeah. All yeah. right. And so, okay. So he is he is very uh, excited to get his his free round of drinks. We'll say the yes. I mean how describe a little bit about the bar. Set the set the set the bar up for us a little bit. Like what do so, we see on the walls? Like what kind of music's playing? What's the general vibe? Eustace is very like and uh, the Heartwardens are big on craft. It's actually like most of it is legitimately hand built, like log cabin style with some reinforcements that you would need for modern day place. But it's very much everything's like built from wood. It's very natural. You know, there's the, uh, you know, for the smoker out back, it's an actual like stone smoker or whatever. So it's very rustic. It's probably a nice way to say it. It's pretty, maybe not everybody's cup of tea, but the people that are into it, into it. Um, there's probably several like, hunting trophy type things the sort of stuff that you would expect to see in a place like that um all the chairs are wooden but they're surprisingly comfortable despite that because they're all everything's handmade here okay so where you guys are at east of phoenix you're not in the you're you're well east of scottsdale you're you're near apache junction you're near the the superstition mountains we don't again we don't have to be too precise but basically where this area is think of it like there's scattered ranch communities so you've got folks like yourselves that have these farms these horse these horse ranches sometimes but then you have these periodic just pop-up suburbs that just out of nowhere someone someone decided to develop a series you know a land whether it, whether they sell it or not sometimes it's it's a nice home sometimes it's a series of like uh kind of trailer park communities but you have that kind of scattered about and intermix with a variety of state parks and and different places like that so um so we're seeing probably a mix do we see a mix of clientele do you get you think you're getting more of the uh of those ranchers is there what would you say the common the common crowd is so he probably does have a set of regulars that live around here um because he doesn't really advertise a lot that's probably not really his his bag so much um but it is something about like you know it it's not intentionally kitschy but it for a tourist it probably would look like a a tourist trap unintentionally so you've got your locals and then we kind of get the the spattering of people that go through like oh look at this oh wow okay and he's nice to all of them regardless so as we will say we'll pan around and honestly i mean i'm just i'm rolling it randomly but it just happened this way we see either just coming in out of the out of the out of the dust storm, covered in a bit of dust, or already there, we see Selena Bendis arrive. Or again, you can either be there or you can have just arrived. So 
if would you say you would you say you would have been there for a while or would you just kind of been traveling back because again it's it's nighttime on a thursday so would you say you've already been at the heart and soul or would you say that you were you were just like looking for a place out of the storm uh we'll say i was already there okay all right so if that's the case then uh tell us well obviously what you look like what you're doing while you're here uh, whether you're sitting with anybody and then give me like an NPC, somebody else from the community that happens to be here. Okay. So Selena um, has sort of that. She's a little sort of upper middle age. Um, she's got kind of that naturally curly kind of longer hair um, that you can tell she is not a person that like kind of puts effort into that. It gets washed, it air dries, um, but it also has kind of a natural wavy curliness to it. It's long, um, doesn't look like it's kind of been trimmed in a while. Um, and her clothes are kind of just that flowy vibe. So she's got kind of the, you know, kind of a longer skirt that's kind of like lighter colored, thin material. Um, she's got kind of the, the blouse that again is sort of that kind of thinner cotton kind of flowy sleeve to it. Um, any kind of jewelry that she has on her is kind of of the kind of turquoise kind of variety. Um, so you kind of see like a, you know, very long, so she definitely isn't wearing anything tight. Like you don't see, she's the kind of person you would expect to have like rings on every finger kind of a vibe, but you don't see those on her. You just see kind of a, a lower hanging kind of a um, turquoise uh, pendant. Um, she's got like sandals on. So she just kind of has that kind of like flowy chill vibe. Okay. So um, kind of like an aging hippie, I think is what you've been de <laughs> described as in the chat. Okay. Okay. Yes, that's it, definitely. Uh, so was the is... two-word way to do what I just described. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well done. Well done, uh, So, are you by yourself? Uh, are you drinking with somebody? What and what kind of what kind of booze does Selena drink? Is her aging hippie drink? Um, I don't know what aging hippies drink. Um, so pretty much anything. She... The ones I know my department a lot of wine kombucha <laughs> yes that's true actually wine is pretty pretty heavy <laughs> this time of day it's definitely I'm very aware morning, of what they kombucha. drink <laughs> <laughs> I, I i will take the suggestion it is um white wine okay okay so uh, she's, uh does the heart wine. and soul have a have an extensive wine collection eustace <laughs> Well, I'm not going to go so far as to say it's extensive, but Selene is just a wonderful soul, and I'm going to make sure we're stocked for when she comes, and I'd like for her to come as frequently as possible. So, yeah, actually, we're pretty well stocked, mostly on white wine, because, honestly, she's the only person that orders it. But that's that's fine, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm glad to keep a reserve on tap for her. Okay. And it, it does not sit in stock for long. Yeah. Okay. She probably thinks it's funny that I set it up to where it is on tap for her. She's got her own tap at the bar. <laughs> That's so, fantastic. Is there so give us that give us a, a local that might be here. Again, doesn't necessarily have to be someone from from your sept. It could be a neighbor, just or it could just be somebody you happen to have met tonight. Just give me somebody. Give me give me a face or a person that's, that's hoping to occupy. Uh, I would say that Selena is um pretty open to just chatting with whoever's there. So I would say that there was some uh motorcyclist. 
um, that was there. Motorcyclist. Yeah. You've got a um, woman who's a little bit older than Selena. Um, She's got um, very short cropped hair. um, And she kind of, you can tell from what she's wearing that she's kind of been out riding. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I like how you say motorcyclist. Like everyone else is biker and you say motorcyclist. Yeah. I like, no, I like, I like it. I like it. All right. Got an older biker woman. Uh, okay. And you've been, you've been sitting there drinking, drinking wine with this older biker, biker woman. For yes. Who was clearly not drinking white wine, but we okay. are having a pleasant conversation nonetheless. Okay. All right. Um, we will then kind of pan on over and we will see, uh, either coming through the door, uh, having just gotten out of the storm, or having already been there, we see Duke Dustfang the, the, the just going in order tonight. So, Evan, if you've just gotten here, how, where did you get caught in the storm? If you were already here, what do you what have you been up to while you've been here? And then, obviously, describe what we look, what we see when we see Duke. Yeah, I think Duke does just arrive. I think this is like the place he goes to during dust storms because our sept isn't exactly like I would say, I don't, I don't imagine it being like high quality and very safe. Mm-mm. So generally he doesn't leave it, but if there's like an actual reason to, um, he would be coming in obviously covered in dust. Um, he's looks like a pretty simple man. He's tall and slender, maybe in his mid fifties, kind of salt and pepper, wavy hair with a thick beard, wears like just typical flannels and jeans and he carries kind of like a leather backpack that is covered in dust. And he'd be kind of coming in, shaking his clothes off. And you probably, your sept isn't, I would say the the grove is probably not too far away from heart and soul. Uh, Eustace, I think that's fair, right? We would say it's it's in driving distance, uh, if that is the case. Uh, so it's probably not that far away, within a couple miles. Things are a little bit more spread out on this side of the valley than elsewhere where it's a little bit compacted, but it's still relatively close. Uh, and then give us, yeah, give us somebody else who's here. Somebody, maybe you go and you sit down next to, it could be Selena. It could be another NPC, somebody you might recognize from the community at the bar or, or working at the, at the, at the saloon, whatever it might be. Give us somebody. Yeah. Uh, Randall Webb, he's an older, older than Duke is maybe in his seventies, but he's like another rancher nearby that he sells a lot of citrus to. And so he's got a lot of small talk with him and talking about the land and, the borders and the line. It's kind of like the same thing he does with a lot of people. He tries to figure out the history of everything. And so I think he's someone he would see and maybe he yeah. has a couple of oranges with him and he would go over and sit down and bring some to him. Just bring like one of your canvas sacks and he sees you coming. He's just lays up and he's like, Hey Duke, Duke over here. And he's like, kind of does the classic. He's got boots on probably and probably kicks his, kicks his leg out to just push the, ch- push the chair out for you. Uh, and he's, he's, he's like, uh, use this, use this. Come on. Let's go. Uh, you said you're getting us a free round. Let's go. For you, I got two. Don't worry about it. Just two for me. Two for two for Duke. And keep it coming. It's going to be a long night. It will be. And I'm glad you're here for it. All right. Okay. So we'll say we've got Duke and Randall Webb sitting at a, a table. We've got Selena and our older biker woman, uh, we've got Caleb at the bar. We've got Garrett and Eustace working the joint. And we've got the 
the light and the power flickering. When we see, we pan over and we see Lou. Uh, Lou, are you just arriving or already are you already here? Lou is sitting at a table or a booth in sort of the back corner, further away from everyone else. Um, across from her is Riley, uh, their PI sort of buddy. Um, and on the table, it's a tomb of Excel sheets just spread out. Some of them have started to fall on the floor. And uh, pe periodically, Lou or Riley will stand up, get ready to go help Eustace with like the windows and bordering everything up. And then they'll start arguing with each other and pointing at numbers and tiny bits of detail and sitting back down and grabbing five other Excel sheets. Uh, Lou themselves, uh, she has sort of a long black um, braid tied up and going to mid-back. Um, she wears a, a suit jacket with a white shirt underneath it, uh, sleeves rolled to the elbows. You can see ink kind of covering their fingers. Um, cell phone kind of tossed on the side with uh, maybe a face down just to keep it. But if it was face up, you might see some crime scene photos. Uh, well, documentation photos anyway. Uh, and uh, Riley across from them uh, wears their hair sort of short brown. Uh, they've got a little bit more on the tan skin. They definitely put up a fight against whatever Lou says. No, it is not like this. We must do this. And look at these numbers here. It's not right. Um, and it kind of like pierces through the bar every now and again as uh, as they yell out before. No, no, I've got to go help uh, Eustace. Uh, you are wrong. Here, look at this. And uh, sits back down, argues some more. A cool little glass of whiskey on the rocks on the side for drinks, if we're talking about that as well. Fantastic. So as you're you're arguing, you hear uh, like a screech, and you hear like the the actual jukebox kind of shift and just jump. It was in the middle of one song, and now it's jumped to a completely completely different one as the power kind of flickers out. You see the TV go off for a moment. Everything's dark for a second, and then clicks back on. And when it clicks back on, we move our eyes over and we see Jacques Roulette. Do we see him coming through the door covered in dust or do we, is that what the case? So where, yep. where was Jacques? And then what do we see as he steps in as the, maybe a bell rings or something as the door opens? So what time of the day is it? It is nighttime. So it's okay. going to be, we're putting it like about eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. It's dark. So Jacques, Jacques has been out hunting with Isabel. But no one knows that. But he is—he's been out. So uh, when the door opens, you see him. He's—he's—he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's, he's a big guy. He's about six feet tall. He's very muscular. He's got a—he's got a, kind of a gymnast body. He's got long, very dark brown hair and a close dark brown beard and and amber colored eyes. And he is incredibly handsome because I did take the stunning advantage. So <laughs> he is—I mean. He's a very handsome guy. And you see him as, as the door opens. He's just wearing a pair of cut-off army surplus pants. Um, and he stops right at the door and he looks in. He sees Eustace. He looks over. He pulls a black T-shirt off the coat rack next to the door, puts it on, grabs his Doc Martin sandals that are right next to the door and slips into them, looks over at the no shirt, no shoes sign. <laughs> And walks in, and then he gets, you hear a growl come from it deep in his chest, because sitting at the bar um, is a woman, looks like she's in her early 30s. She's got long black hair, attractive, um, 
in uh, kind of a, uh, a khaki colored golf shirt and slacks and and Doc Martin boots. And on the shirt, it says Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. And that's where Jacques volunteers his time. And this is Naomi, an administrator who, who works there, who's been trying to get to know Jacques a little bit better. Um, and he's been attempting to avoid her like the plague because he's not really all that interested in humans. Okay. And so not only does Naomi, her, her, everyone turns because for a moment it was very silent in here. The, the music suddenly stopped playing. The TV stopped playing. There was like that brief moment. The door opens. We hear a little tingle from the door. We look over, we see Jacques go through his whole process and everyone for a moment is staring at you. You get, you get a very a, a bright face from Naomi at the bar who tries to, to sort of wave you down. Selena sitting next to you there, the older biker woman says to you, who's that? Is that gorgeous piece of meat who just walked in through the door? You friend of his? Oh, she's typing. Quit your typing, Selena. I'm trying <laughs> to have a conversation with you. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> just the worst. Okay. So, uh, Jacques, who do you who do you go and sit next to, or where where do you where do you where do you make your your where you post up? His head shakes from side to side, and then he walks over to Naomi at the bar. I don't reckon I find you here, Naomi. Uh, Didn't know that you uh, knew much about the heart and soul. Oh, I, uh, I, I, do you come here? I, uh, well, this is like fate or something. No, no, I just, uh, I just kind of got caught in the storm and I didn't want to be on the road and wow. And, and you're here. Oh, isn't that, isn't that amazing? Um, buy a girl I drink. figure I, uh, Eustace, uh, my, my friend, uh, can you get this lady a drink? Oh, well, in fact, I got something ready for you as well. I appreciate you uh, following the sun there. And, uh, uh, I reckon I got to be polite to uh, such a good friend because I know you you got ways, ways of doing things here that I'm not used to from, you know, being from back in the hills. But, yeah, you know, if I was half as pretty as you, I'd walk around with the shirt off too, you know? It's okay. I think you're just going to make me blush. just kind of staring. Yeah. And he is pretty, isn't he? It's true. Oh. She says kind of out loud, like not realizing <laughs> she says it out loud, blushes ever yeah. so slightly. I'll get him a couple of drinks and I'll get a, a steak. I'll tell Garrett, cook up a steak. Just let it touch both sides to the pan and that's it. Okay. All Eustace, right. sir, I, I reckon that you might be the greatest man I've known all day long. Can you get me a cup of that black coffee too? I, I have come to take a anchoring for the coffee. Sure, I'll do that for you. Eustace, you turn around, you go to the, the coffee machine, the coffee maker. You reach out, you go to grab. It's not warm. Power flickers again. This time, it lingers a little bit longer. Eventually, comes back on. You can see right above your head, there's the, uh, the, the TV screen. And once more, you see this local weather station local news station, just someone, and they're just showing the Doppler radar. And it's almost still like, meaning like it's like the, the storm, these storms just wash through. Dust storms are not, they don't, the duration for them is not particularly long. Very rarely do they linger for a very long time. But when you look up, you just see it just kind of sitting there and spinning 
and just sort of spinning is not unlike if anyone's from the east if anyone's from the southeast you've seen hurricanes before just you watch as like the radar like that green and yellow and red of the the different colorations of it just kind of spins and spins for a moment and as you're watching power flickers out again and it becomes completely dark uh mo we're by chance any sorts of spirits that sometimes cause electricity to kind of fizzle out maybe their energy doesn't go so well with this sort of modern energy sort of thing um it's you're not i would say he'll, you're probably, he'll ponder that for a yeah, moment okay and then get back to serving drinks and so you start serving drinks and life flickers back on again and everyone who's who's in the room you're seeing this thing pop up every now and then and everybody whenever the whenever the jukebox comes comes back on it's like the song starts again. It's just Rolling Stones, Time's On My Side, starts, cuts out, comes back on, starts again, cuts out. And every time you look back up at the TV screen, it's the same feed. It's just kind of looping the same feed of that logo. Maybe it's the exact thing. Maybe it's just slightly off, but it looks like the same weather person. Everything just signed, it kind of seems to loop a bit here and there. Those of you of, um, of a supernatural variety, some of you start to get a strange little feeling, begin to, to prickle up on the back of your necks here and there. Nothing so obvious, but it just starts to feel a little odd. Garrett brings out the steak, drops it down there, and he's just like, I'm sorry, Jack, the damn, damn, uh, damn grill just is on the fritz. It just it just ain't, ain't working crap quite right. I apologize. It's... Uh, Probably a little undercooked, more than you normally like it. Ah, uh, that'll be fine, there, Garrett. I uh, I appreciate your help. Yeah, of, of course. Hey, uh, Eustace. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I went around. I kind of like power. Everything's fine. I flip the breakers and such, but it's just things just kind of keep flickering. I looked down the street. Looked outside. Still can't see anything. The damn dust is still kind of covering everything. The light on the on the street lights out too. Just dark, dark as could be out there. I can't even see past the, past the parking lot right now. Yep, that's a hell of a thing. But you know, we're in a good solid place right here. Not going to do us too much to worry about it at the moment. So take good care of these people. Take care of ourselves. It'll be just fine. That moment, there is a smash uh, near Duke. Uh, Duke, you're sitting next to. Uh, Next to Randall Webb, you're probably uh, not necessarily right up against the window, but you're close enough to it, probably the closest one sitting to it, that you hear just something smack against it. It doesn't crack or crash or anything like that, but you just hear a big thump, and you just watch as something streaks across it, and when you look up, there is like this tiny little streak of blood on the outside of the window. Hmm... I think Duke is going to... Does Randall notice anything, or does he see it? Or That's a great question. Uh, no, Randall's pretty drunk right now. <laughs> he's telling. He's just telling the story. He's just like, look, he's just looking at you. And I never understand how you all get the, such big oranges out here. I mean, these are like, man, these are like the size of grapefruits, these things. They're huge, man. I don't know how y'all do it. And that smell. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, they say Florida oranges, but these, mm, these right? are way better. Yeah. 
Uh, Eustace, can we get the uh, special drink over here? Kind of looks side-eye, kind of at the window. And Eustace will follow your eye gaze, but he just... <laughs> he tends to, like, at worst, will, like, raise an eyebrow of things. He's very composed. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's about time for that. I'd agree. So you're looking up at the window, and you're like, yeah, I think it's about time for that. And then so you see a shadow just quickly... <laughs> thump into the window and then fall right back down. And you see again, there's like this splattering of what looks like, mm -hmm. you know, if it's fur or feather or something, something in addition to blood. And then you hear someone from the other side. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, our, our nameless biker woman. Let's call her Karen. <laughs> yeah. Karen's yes. like, Oh, dear. And she looks over <laughs> and another one of one of the slam on the other side and the slam over here. And then then one after the other. And after like a good 15, 20 seconds, there's maybe been about a dozen of these what just feel like small birds smashing into the wall, into the, the windows and the walls one after the other. And when you look out the window, you still can't see anything. The dust is just swirling. The dust is swirling so much you can't even see the darkness, really. That's how bad it is. And Selena will, um, you know, kind of, kind of wave her hand and, you know, Karen, it's been very, very nice getting to know you. I, th I think I might just, uh, step outside and make sure there isn't anything happening to my, uh, friend's establishment here. If you want to just, just hang tight, it, it'll, it'll pass. She kind of looks at you. She's like, you're going outside in that thing? Yeah. It, I haven't fine. drank enough yet to want to go outside and that thing. Oh no, no, oh no, no! I, I think you should just uh, stay right here, and and she'll look over to to Jacques, um, and she'll just you know kind of uh, take a look. He, he gets up, doesn't even look at Naomi. He, he just gets up and starts walking towards the exit. Pulls his shirt back off, <laughs> puts it on the peg, <laughs> drops off of the, out of his shoes, and he just walks outside. Okay, uh, who all is going outside? Riley, stay here a moment. I'll be right back. I'm coming. Hold on. Yeah. Wrong place. Sorry. Open that PDF on the wrong screen. Uh, okay. So Lou, Jacques, Selena. What about Eustace and Duke? Are you staying inside or going outside? He's staying inside. Okay. All right. Uh, Eustace? You're muted there, Eustace buddy. muted? Sorry, I've been hacking and wheezing from allergies. Um, well, it is important to make sure that people that I'm demonstrating hospitality to, they have to stay well protected while they're under my care. So I'm going to stay here. Okay. So three of you that go outside, Lou, Jacques, Selena, you're immediately buffeted and just destroyed by like dirt getting in your eyes and your hair. The wind shifts you here and there. Not enough that it's ever really going to hurt any of you. Even in your Hamid states, you're, you're fairly, fairly sturdy people. But you are getting blasted. There's probably a little bit of an overhang near the entrance of some kind. But just after that, after that opening uh, opening area, it gets very quickly to the parking lot, very quickly to not even there's not there's not really vegetation here. It's mostly just kind of like desert xeriscape and such. Uh, but you get out and it's extremely hot outside. 
you can just feel the wind hitting you. It's like an oven and you're just getting pelted. And each time the dust just wafts through you, you can feel the heat kind of linger, the little tiny specks of dust and dirt linger on your skin. And it's also smells extraordinarily foul out here. Just absolutely terrible. And even again, even in your forms, you could maybe just instinctively you all have just a slight, you know, better, better senses to a degree than probably most humans do. And it just reeks out here. Not again, not a necessarily uncommon thing, but it does reek. What do you three do? Mm. Worms in the air. I don't think this is natural. No, uh, I would like to actually activate my penumbral senses, mm-hmm. so uh, which is a, an intelligence plus will uh, plus wisdom role. Uh, it costs me one willpower, and I can allow me to um, attune to both the physical and umbral at once to look for uh, spirits and perceive them. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. And so it's rolling. You said it's an intellect plus sitting. What was the other part? I'm sorry. Wisdom. Sorry. Intelligence and okay. wisdom. So one, so the wisdom renown. Let's go ahead and give that a roll. All right. And um, I should be replacing it with the number of rage dice I have. Uh, one of these, which I yeah. just need to check what my rage is at. Sorry. That uh, is starting it, it, It's going to start two. tonight. There's no reason I think it would start any more than one for everybody one. right now. Just because it's. We're not really coming off anything in, of note. Nothing, okay. nothing of threat. It will be we'll a one. red one. Uh, I've got uh, two eights, a nine, a four. Uh, so that is five successes. Okay. Nice. Y- you, uh, so you're specifically trying to like reach out, your eyes closed for a moment. And this is something you can do in helmet form and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so your eyes kind of close the doors, close behind you know the patrons can actually see you and so what does it look like when when lou actually like taps into the umbral umbral sense here so one of their eyes shifts white and the other one remains human and normal um and it for them it's a duality where they're seeing like a superimposed image on top of each other um as they look through both realms at one time um for the other people definitely the eye appears and they'll have a a handout that kind of moves and it's almost like there's a trail uh behind it as it's going so as you look around, there's nothing that, obviously, the since this is more of a, a sense as opposed to visual, you know, sensation, you you're not as interrupted or as interfered with by the dust, the dust storm. You don't see anything in the immediate area. There's nothing that kind of pops up that alarms you outside in the in the parking lot or even just at the door. But as your eyes and your body just kind of starts to shift and you let yourself kind of float and, and observe and take in the surroundings, you do notice these very tiny little corrupted tethers that just seem to be wafting up from the ground at the base of the, the establishment. Very faint as if they're kind of in this, this state of decay. Uh, but you can see them wafting up a bit almost like a a cartoonish like steam coming up from soup or something like that and it's Uh, there's 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 a dozen or more of them all along the base of the uh of the of the restaurant 
so Lou will kind of like turn around more. Max, Max. Uh, Lou will. <laughs> Sorry, he's digging right behind me. Um, Lou will turn around, uh, seeing these uh, smoky black ink trails coming up from the building, and go, um, uh, "Jacques Salina, uh, it's uh, it's focused on the building a little bit. You can see it over here. Uh, I, I I mean, maybe not see it, but uh, there's these ink trails that are coming up, only at the base of the building." Get in a little closer and see what we see. Okay. Uh, when you start to when you start to move around, you notice that there are animals on the ground. You think at first, Selena, Jacques, if you're following, you think at first they might be might be birds. You see like this this death throw like fluttering of wings. But as you get closer, you realize they're not birds. In fact, they are actually bats. And there's a dozen or more of them as you start shifting along the exterior of the bar. At this point, some folks from inside can see you. And so Eustace and Duke, you see a handful of folk who are in their cups, kind of looking out like, what the hell are they doing? You know, that kind of sort of thing. No one's really alarmed, but they're kind of curious. Uh, but you can see Selena and Jacques that these these creatures are either dead or they're in the process of and very soon to be dead. Uh, you also notice that many of them have been, they have smashed into the walls. They have left these blood smears. You can see that a few of them have what looks like some kind of broken neck or broken bone in some way. Their, uh, their wings are kind of tethered up in some fashion. And as you convey this to Lou, Lou, you would be able to sort of align that this is what you're seeing. Yes, okay. I understand now. This is not something that we would usually expect. Ah, uh, see many. It's not uncommon. I mean, like bats are not necessarily extremely uncommon in this in the mountains here. In a dust storm, seems pretty dangerous for them. But yeah, you know. uh, can I can I take a wider pass and see what else there is to see out here? Okay. Uh, so when you say out here, uh, so Eustace, help me out. Let's let's flesh this out more. Is is Heart and Soul its own place? Is it a share a strip mall with other businesses? Uh, I assume it's like off a highway. I was thinking like uh, there's an I-87 out here. That's probably a pretty good pick. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's his own spot because he would want to have, just in case something happened, he wants a little bit of privacy from, you know, being in the middle of a strip mall or whatever. Plus okay. he's got his own like little distillery and you know, got the little smokehouse and whatnot. Okay. Uh, so we'll say then that the, the parking lot's more like, um, it's more like a dirt lot as opposed to like mm -hmm. a properly paved lot. And so it's probably making the dust in this area even worse. This is picking up those tiny little, little rocks and pebbles. You occasionally hear a tink, tink, tink as some of them hit the, the window of the, of the restaurant. Some of them hit the windows of cars and such around. So, Selena, are you are you looking to push out into the parking lot towards the road? Are you looking to sort of shift behind it to one of these other, other like the smokehouse or anything like that? Or, or what is it you're doing? Uh, I will go, uh, let's say, out toward the road. Okay. So I would say let's go ahead and give me a test. Uh, so you you're just are you just sort of vaguely looking around? You can do awareness would probably be the skill. 
Um, I'd say Wits is probably the most likely one. All right, that's fine. Uh, I would also take a Survival, too, if you wanted to do Survival instead of uh, Awareness. Uh, nope, nope. Awareness is three. Uh, and we'll say for this, I'm going to put this at a slightly higher difficulty just because of the the state of the storms. Normally, this would just probably... I was, I was, I'll say moderate, so three successes is, is probably the difficulty. Okay. And... Uh, let's see. So I've got uh, an eight, a ten, and a ten. That are the okay, so that is a critical success. So for this game, if you roll two tens, that counts as a critical success. Uh, whenever you have a pair of tens, it counts as two extra successes. So it's uh, so that's a total of I think five successes, right? Is that Selena? You had an eight and two tens. Mm-hmm. So that's a total of five successes, and it's a Ooh. critical it's a critical success. Selena, you start moving out into the middle of the of the parking lot uh, and you there's plenty of cars here. There's plenty of space, etc. cetera, uh, trailer hitch bikes, etc. You notice that in the middle of the, the middle of the ground, in the middle of the parking parking lot, there is a dark lump on the ground. And because it's a critical success, I won't, I won't delay revealing what it is. It looks like a, somebody in Wolf form, maybe? Looks like a wolf. Lou, Jacques, come. Mm. It's uh, one of ours. Okay. I don't reckon we can guarantee that's one of ours yet, Selena. There are no, other things that us, take I a wolf say. form. I'll say you, you step up, you realize that the form is... You all would recognize it. It's a lupus form, so it's like basic wolf form. And you can see that the wolf is in significant distress. You see wounds, blood, matted fur. You see the the ground itself around it is is covered with this dark, dark blood. And it's wet and it's recent. You can see a very labored breathing. Like this this animal seems almost in its death throes. Uh I would say that it's not, you're not a hundred percent sure exactly who it is. Um, but you do get the sense that it's more than just a wolf. It's, it, it, you're, you're not wrong to presume that it it's likely a Garu. Okay. Are the um, wounds, are the wounds healing? Uh, so in that form, uh, you don't get regeneration in lupus form. If I recall, let me double check to make sure I'm not completely wrong. Yeah, you can't regenerate in lupus form, right. in basic wolf form. And when you look down, you see that there's there's no there's no like there's not that quick adaptive regeneration that you're so used to with werewolf form. Um, Do I so can, can I look at the body and see if I see any signs that this was like fire or silver mm-hmm. that might have done this? Do I see any like residue or anything? Okay. Give me a medicine test. Anyone can do this. The three of you are there and you're welcome to assist each other. If you have medicine or something that you think would apply, if you have like survival, that would probably be pretty good here too. I would like to apply technology and text message, uh, Eustace. <laughs> 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 okay. I would like to apply technology. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so no roll, no roll to send a text. <laughs> yeah, so um, we could do either. So if you want to roll survival, Jacques, uh, yeah. if you want, yeah. Selena, do you have medicine, Selena? Yes, I do. 
All right, yeah, both of you can roll it. It's fine. Or just have one person assist. I got. Uh, oh, okay, I can just assist you. Yours probably yours is probably better. Okay. Uh, so I'm just rolling one dice for the assist. Yeah. Yeah, it's an extra die. Nope. Uh, so I got two nines. Okay, two nines. Uh, okay, so I'll say this. They appear infected, is what I would say. Like, when you look at them, the regeneration doesn't... Like, they don't look to be quickly healing. They do seem to be bites and claw marks. That's clearly enough. There's no bullet wounds or stab wounds or anything like that. They look like bites and claw marks of some kind. Um, and they, you think that there's discol- there's odd discoloration around them, suggesting some kind of infection. Uh, so that's what you would get with two successes. And we got, we established was, that there's an, like another building. Mm-hmm. That's um, sorry, it was a smokehouse or something. You said right, Eustace. Yeah. Okay. Let's get, get him to the smokehouse. I can see what I can do. Okay. Eustace. So, uh, go ahead, Jack. Uh, I was just going to say, so Jacques would uh, bend over and pick the wolf up. You hear like a little, it's like it kind of goes to breathe. The tongue kind of lolls over a little bit. There's a drip of dark blood into its mouth. It just kind of syrupy comes down. Kind of hang, kind of sticks almost. It's a little thicker, more molasses-like than, than you would expect. But then eventually it breaks. So the two of you, Lou, you text Eustace, um... Okay. Lou text Eustace, but Eustace, you don't actually receive that text. Uh, so, yeah, because I went back to go get the special brew. So I set my phone down or something. Or Okay. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Lou, do you go with Jacques and Selena? Okay. So the three of you are taking the wolf into the smokehouse. Let's go back inside. Eustace and Duke, you're both inside. Eustace, you bring back the special brew. You set it out. Duke is there. As the two of you are looking at it, the two of you are kind of getting ready to, to drink it or pass it out. Power goes out again. This time it stays out. No flickering back on, no repetition of song, no repetition mm. of what's on the screen, nothing. Everything is just the same. And the damn dust storm is still going. This thing's been going on for over an hour. Are people freaking out or are they just like still calm and drunk? So they've been kind uh, of booze heavy at the point. So I think no one's freaking out currently. Well, a nice thing about uh, doing my own smokehouse to keep all the fat what gets rendered to take the towel, make myself some candles. So give me a second. We'll have lights on. No big deal. So you say you're going to go all the more reason he misses his phone again. Okay. So you're going to get some not the sort of person on his phone often. Uh, that makes sense. So yeah, you can easily... Go and start setting up candles and stuff like that. Duke, what are you doing? I think Duke is just observing the room and making sure no one's doing anything rash and kind of trying to find some sort of light to look at his watch to see how long they've been gone. Do you carry a phone? Duke is sort of old school. I don't think he... I mean, he has a phone, but that's not his first instinct, right? Fair enough. Not a phone that has... uh... <laughs> it's like, on it's it. like a Nokia from the uh, late it's 90s. A flip phone. Flip phone. Still has, like the green screen. <laughs> yeah, maybe I left my phone on the table near Duke, uh, or okay. something like that. But I mean, Randall's there. He might be one of them types who plays a lot of solitaire on his phone in Sudoku. <laughs> and, <Good> crush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. 
So you look at your watch. It's been an hour, um, at least. Like you've been, you remember? It's been an hour since probably you you got caught. You came in in the middle of in the middle of this. It kind of got progressively worse, and it's still going. You're looking around the room. No real role required, unless you're looking for something in specific. But if you're just looking to see if anyone's acting strange, the worst thing that something seems to be happening is you see Caleb, the 21 year old. You might not even know he's Caleb. As Eustace goes into the back to grab some candles, and as Garrett is busy with something else, you see him kind of look around and lean across the bar, and he refills. Oh, up his I beer. will grab the back of his neck, and he just. Oh, I wasn't doing nothing. wasn't wasn't doing yeah, nothing. I just. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Go sit I was down, gonna pay yeah. for it. I was mm-hmm. gonna pay for it. I promise. Yep. I was. Okay. I was. Hey, hey, guy. I was gonna. I'll. I'll pay for yours too. He kind of yeah, looks put the money down. You. And he just kind of like starts to wither as you're staring at him. And he's just like, you can feel him start to shrink a bit. And he reaches so, in. The his, grip gets tighter. It goes, he reaches in. You see him pull out what looks like a, a little Velcro wallet. And you just hear <laughs> as he pulls the Velcro, <laughs> Velcro wallet. <laughs> oh, and he man. Pulls out, he pulls out a couple bills and he puts them on. There, there, there. there, there um, and I can get All your right. friend one too. Ah, no, that's Mister, that's that good. Yeah, you're you're good. I just oh, you got old man strength. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I'll let go and just kind of give him a nice pat on the back. That's probably a little too hard. And <laughs> <laughs> and he just you, as you you step away, you just feel him like he's just like looking back, just grabbing under his arm. While you're doing that, Duke, you hear a crash of glass, and you hear. Ah! Like coming into or like in someone the out. restaurant somewhere else in the restaurant somewhere else in the bar I should say I keep calling it a restaurant I apologize but you hear a scream and you it was first it was a cr- like the glass crashing then a scream and then you hear and I would and then you hear the sounds of like chairs getting pushed around here and they're like what the fuck was that what the fuck was that and now as you turn back around you can see that there is a group of people that are scattering and like stumbling over themselves kind of working back and away from the far corner of the saloon, as far away from where you were when you were, when you had your hand on his, on his shoulder, Eustace, you're inside. You hear this as well. Uh, you're, you're in the back and you come, come out and you can see everyone's like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Uh, I think Duke kind of walks calmly to these people and you see his eyes start to kind of change in color and I'm going to use the stare down ability and I'm going to tell everyone inside here, get to the restrooms now. So I have okay. to roll a rage check and I can do it in any form. Nice. But they, and since they're humans, they just submit. I don't think I even have to, I think I just roll to see if I lose the rage. Right. However, if you, since you're only at one rage, if you roll under a six, this wouldn't yeah. go through because it's going to auto fail. Oh, I see. Too late. <laughs> uh, okay. So what is your roll? Just, it's just, just a roll one D10. dice, right? Okay. Just a single d10. Yeah, you need a six or higher. A nine. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you see all of them. The biker woman, Caleb. You see uh, Riley, the one who came with Lou. Um you even see, you know, your, your Randall friend, like all of them and a couple other folks maybe who are with them here or there. They all also like their eyes kind of grow right. And you see them start scrambling in the, in the direction, almost as if they're just unsure of why they're going there. But they just start scrambling. OK, 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 OK. And they all 
they all kind of stumble over one another. Duke, go ahead and I'll say roll an awareness wits test while you're at it. All right, that's going to be real good. <laughs> uh, intelligence is fine too, actually, if that's any better. It's barely it's, better. It's not. He's not very smart. Okay. No, he's smart. He's just not very aware. Uh, one. Okay. They all went and did what you said. And then he, right. as he sees them goes by, he'll just kind of growl, Eusis. Mm-hmm. And Eusis is going to calmly chug an entire pint and hand you one as well. Okay. All right. So as you're, as the two of you are drinking, you notice that there is a window, Eustace, that has been cracked open. Like the whole thing is missed. The whole panel is missing. Uh, you hear the sounds of dust and storm, and the, like, like scattering onto the ground. The wind is now whipping in. That foul smell that I described for Jacques and Selena and Lou has now made its way inside the bar. And mm. the two of you can feel it just deep in your nostrils and then to the point where your eyes almost start to water from it for a moment. And you can see that, yeah, your, your, your bar has been, has been broken, but it's fixable. Hmm. All right. What is that over there? I don't know. I'll just mosey up and take a look. Okay. Um, let's see. Go ahead. I mean, you can roll. I mean, you could just roll the same thing I just asked Duke. That's fine. Awareness test is probably fine. Okay. Yeah. See what I got. Sorry, I have to switch over to two different Minimum of two to get something, but the more you get, the, more, the better you do, the more you might get. Awareness and what was that? Uh, I would say... I would say intelligence is probably okay, okay or wits. Yeah, probably intelligence makes more sense. Cool. Mm. All right. Two sevens. Uh, uh, and don't forget, you all can spend willpower. You burn a willpower, superficial mm. willpower. Oh, yeah, to reroll. And you can reroll up to three dice from your point. And that's rage checks too, or just like skill rolls? Uh, rage checks, I don't think... Hang on. I know brutal... A brutal result on a die can't be rerolled with willpower. I don't know about rage at the, about rage checks. That's actually a good question. If someone has a chance to look that up, I don't know if mm. Tom might. Uh, okay, so you notice first of all that there, like the glass is on the ground. It's been bro- broken from the in, from the outside in. Uh, you notice that there is a chair broken and kind of half scattered between inside your your bar and outside mm-hmm. and you see that there is a not insignificant amount of blood inside the window frame outside the window itself mm-hmm. as if something either was dragged out and kind of cut itself or someone tried to run out or flew out or whatever it might be and kind of cut themselves on the but you just see there's a lot of blood and that definitely looks like one of your chairs somehow got like dragged out yeah, looks like somebody got pulled the window. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, he's going to sniff and see if he smells something. Like, I want to try and roll a cult because we clearly, like, if this is something he's encountered yeah. before. Absolutely. 
Uh, yes, go ahead and give that a roll. Um, okay. Intelligence? I would say intelligence, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because so it's especially a, if it's something. That's a no on willpower rage. for rage checks. It's mm, just a uh, skill or attribute checks. Perfect. Oh, I'm going to re-roll. I want so, to succeed. Take it's one like superficial willpower to re-roll three of your descents. All right. I'll just roll real fast and I'll do it. Okay, two successes. With two successes, you would be able to recognize that it is a werewolf, not of your pack, but very foul, as if there's something wrong with it in some way, which would lead, you know, you might have some suspicions of what that might be, but you don't have anything right. probably more specific than that. Uh, yeah, he'll just kind of walk a little closer to Eustace. I know to say, be careful, Eustace. Well, that is uh, kind of what I was intending to do, but I suppose I'm just going to crawl out this window, see where the blood goes. Maybe I can follow. No, I don't know if I can follow anything out there, but give it a try. Okay. You says you climb out. Uh, Duke, do you go with him or do you hang back? Uh, I'm going to stay at the window looking and then okay. maybe give him a little bit. And then if I hear something or smell something, he might jump out. All right. Let's cut back to the smokehouse where Lou and Jacques and Selena have brought this dog, this this wolf inside. You can now that you have it inside, but you're away from like the stench of the outside. Your nose is probably not as as affected. You smell a familiar scent, like all of you. Like this is a familiar and and a friendly scent. Like you can recognize this as someone from your sept, uh, and you also. You don't have any real light, but obviously some of you have phones. Lou, you probably have your phone out. You have the flashlight. Everything's looking just fine. And you can see that there are very large, horrible bite and fang marks. And you can see they're all discolored. They're all infected. And the and the breathing is somewhat labored. What so does Selena's kind of furiously like, you know, he doesn't, you know, this wolf doesn't look good. And so she's, you know, kind of trying to kind of direct Lou and Jacques to just kind of see kind of what's back here to grab and, just materials and, and whatnot so that she can uh, do mother's touch. Miss Selena, you, you got in a way to make him give him back some of his uh, Gaia given uh, rage so that he might himself shift and, and, and begin to heal his, his own wounds. I can, I can lay mother's touch on him and see, see what I can do. Well, I reckon that sounds like a mighty fine plan. What can uh -huh. I help you with? Uh, just, and she'll, you know, kind of give basic instructions of, you know, kind of holding which part of the body and, you know, putting pressure and, you know, whatever. And all those things I don't actually know, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an, uh, so I'm spending a willpower and it's int plus glory. Okay. So that's int of three and glory that's, of one. What's the difficulty against? Do you know? Does it list? It is. So basically the... I can heal superficial damage equal to the number of successes. If the number okay. of successes is greater than the rage of the subject, mm -hmm. I can heal aggravated damage instead of superficial. All right, give it a roll. Uh. What's up, Lou? It's all right. I think it's going to be a little difficult to investigate the... Oh, never mind. I think it might be still easy. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do it, uh, Hell of a roll. That is a uh, a ten, a ten, 
a nine and a four. Okay. <laughs> hey, back to back crits. Hey, look at that. Um, I feel like I rarely critted in Hunter at all. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, no, that's totally fine. You see, as you reach out, you see the a jolt in the body as the dog suddenly, as the wolf suddenly becomes alert. And you can watch as this quick but somewhat painful transformation happens you see it's it's humanoid but also has the the this lingering tufts of fur on the underneath the, the chin here and there like a like a scruffy beard ears stay slightly pointed there's still some claws and stuff that the wounds remain but they kind of shift so like they are kind of moving about in some way as the body changes and you watch oh. as no, don't shift too much. Let me measure them first. <laughs> and you watch <laughs> as the familiar face of young Hector Paseus, a new uh, a new werewolf to your uh, your sept, uh, one of uh, someone who has recently undergone their first change. Uh, most recent werewolf pops up, grabs. We'll say, we'll say Selena, since you're right there. You sure. feel the claw dig into your your shoulder, your collarbone, painful, but not to the point where it's going to yep. do any real damage. And he pulls you down. <gasps> the sim- Thunder attack! <gasps> Eldora sent me oh, black spiral. <laughs> and you see as he coughs, this like black, thick molasses just pours out of his mouth. And he just starts hacking and kind of vomiting a bit over and over again. And Selena doesn't even necessarily flinch with sort of like, I feel like, you know, given that she does healing, this is probably not the first sort of newly turned werewolf that has, you know, kind of reacted like this. And so she just kind of steals herself and she's just kind of hitting, hitting him on the back. Where, 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 where do Jacques is already, he's going to shift into his bow and he's already mm-hmm. running towards the sept. Yeah. So you see Jacques turns uh, and begins running and then like you kind of burst out of the smokehouse. Uh, Lou, Selena, what do you two want to do? Oh, um, no, you poor boy. Let me just take this tape measurement one second and uh, a little test of this. <laughs> later, later, uh, Lou, later. We can we can just. Where, so the, where the hell are the other? What are they doing in there? Are I, they I, just I, drinking in there? What the, what the I, hell? I texted them earlier. Cut to who did you text? They don't Duke, Duke doesn't take text, and Eustace never looks at his It's like the worst oh. combo. The worst combo. <laughs> oh, you're right. I, I I did not think of this very well. Uh, oh. I, I texted Eustace at least, not Duke. We cut Gosh. to Eustace wandering uh, outside. Eustace roll an awareness test uh, with wits, we'll say, this okay. time. Cool. And since I. Uh, because Eustace thinks there's something else out there and like we're in a sandstorm so you could easily not have to worry about the silhouette he is going to switch into the kind of in between the mm-hmm. is it Glabro the Teen Wolf form as I call it <laughs> Glabro yeah <laughs> I always think of it as Teen Wolf form too it's <laughs> wow uh, you've uh, gotten younger yeah, his bow is his bow's direwolf, Jackson direwolf form. You're switching into Glabro. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I, I I passed my rage check. So. Okay. Uh used okay. you're gonna to go into Glabro is one rage check. 
So okay. roll a d10. So if you fail, then you just run out of rage? I guess rage. so. Yeah. But it just seems like the thing You'll to have do. more at a certain point. It's just, it's the start of the campaign. So oh, look at much. me. Somebody had to fail right off the bat. You are trying. Uh, so you, so you're, so in this case, like you actually don't shift. You just feel like this kind of malaise. Like uh, Eustace is a laid back dude to begin with. It seems mm. like for a werewolf anyway. And it just seems like maybe some of that laid back has, has turned into a more of a malaise or maybe even a melancholy mm. a bit. Maybe the, the foulness of the of the air gets to you and you're unable mm. to shift. You just you just right. kind of feel yourself just kind of grow a little tired, like an exhaustion sort of sets in as you lose the wolf as you're at zero yeah. rage. It was uh, wits awareness you were asking for? Wits awareness, yes. Okay. Okay, you've got one success. One success, okay. Ah, you're not feeling myself. You turn around, you see Duke on the inside through the broken window. You just say, I'm just not feeling myself. And that's when Duke, you watch as a giant shadow leaps up into the air behind him and just tackles Eustace down to the ground. And you see this massive black fur ball with these weird leathery uh, kind of primordial wings sticking out its back. These bulbous, these bulbous wounds pulsating here and there is this hideous mutated wolf, a black spiral dancer. It's teeth twisted, its face not quite wolf, part bat, part wolf, chomps down onto Eustace's <laughs> back as he steps to the ground. Um, okay. Uh, so we're going to go, I'm going to because he gets a little surprise on this, go ahead and we're doing our first contested attack. Let me get my stats oh, right. up. Can't Duke um, do something to give people rage? Uh, I can. Yeah, not, not at this exact <laughs> second, but yes. Uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> In general, though. Yes, it's like, I can. We, we have this cover. I was kind of going to wait for everyone to get over here before I did it, but. Okay. Uh, go ahead and mm -hmm. roll a uh, go ahead and roll a brawl strength so okay. glad he didn't jump on me yeah let's see certainly could have happened six okay so we get here a couple i'm not real hot on the dice tonight okay <laughs> you feel teeth sink into you uh Ooh. as you can take a how much how many successes did you have Two, I believe. Two. Uh, okay, yeah. two is not good enough. You're going to take. Oh God! Uh, as you wow. feel sinking into your into your teeth, go ahead and take one, two. <laughs> go ahead and take three points of damage. Uh, That's aggravated. Aggravated. That right? is aggravated damage as the bite. <laughs> And he is just getting through your humid, your humid form as there is now a, a, a crinus form black okay. spiral dancer pinned on top of Eustace tearing away. Oh, okay. shit. As I shifted into my hispo and ran out, would I have a chance yeah. of that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do now. That was just like the surprise. If he had a chance to do it, that wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened so bad. Okay. So let's go ahead and I'll have, Jacques, go ahead and roll an awareness test uh, to see if you notice. And I think Lou and Selena, the two of you are still back there with Hector, so you probably wouldn't have noticed yet. But we'll now, do it in a my, sec. 
I do have the moon riled advantage, so I start with two rage every. So that's why I'm rolling two rage dice. Not that not that the people at home can see, but yeah, no worries. I got a six and eight and nine and a seven. Four successes. You absolutely not only do you smell the this like like the the just the na- the nasty fetid stench of this creature. But as you're running out of the corner of your eye, you can see through the dust this big black mass pin Eustace to the ground through the dust on the ground itself. Uh, okay, so you are there. You're in direwolf form. Duke, you're inside the restaurant uh, or inside the bar. Eustace, you are also there in case you weren't familiar, but you are pinned underneath this, this, uh, this giant werewolf that is biting, clawing at you. And we'll go ahead and I'll ask you all, what do you want to do? So the way combat works in Werewolf, uh, there's normally, in terms of initiative, it's 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 sort of dependent upon what you're wanting to do. So at the start of every round, you just kind of say what you're doing. And, and don't think of it as much as uh, like a moving attack. Just kind of say what you're doing. And then if there's a, a role that's required, I'll ask for the role. And then depending on what you do, there's kind of like an order to it. And usually it's if people are already engaged in in sort of close physical combat they usually go first then ranged combat will go second then any kind of any sort of newly initiated physical close combat would go next and then basically anything else after that so there's sort of like a general pattern to how it goes so i'll turn to you all what are you three doing so jacques um as as the hispo as a dire wolf is going to leap on this black spiral dancer's back and try to tear the back of its spine out Absolutely. With his teeth. With his teeth. By that sounds wonderful. Uh, Eustace and Duke, what do you want to do? Hmm. Not be pinned in me. <laughs> <laughs> I love this plan. That is a good plan. Wow. That was great. I would like yeah. to roll I better on my dice. I think he sneak attacked me, so I'm probably like face first in the dirt. Just I think, like the way I an animal like would get your neck and yep, just like yep, whip yep. you around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have a couple ideas, but it would be like, this is where I wish I had that ability where I just pull it out an item. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Because I could think of a couple of things that I might use, but I don't think I'd really have a good way to use it. Uh, I think if the chance does come, but we said that there's like some broken chair that came out. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if at some point, like I do get free just a little bit, I just kind of want to like use a fairly strong guy, like leverage, this guy up over my shoulder like an Aikido flip and try to like make it fall down onto a jagged chair leg. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. You can do that on this turn. So like, like you can just say that's which something you want to try yeah. to do. It's going to be that's a test, obviously, but that's fine. Uh, and then Duke, what are you doing? Okay, I'm not doing this. I have a question. So with the Krenos form, you have to have two rage to even do it, right? Because it says yep. two rage checks. No, no, you you, te- you no. make two rage checks. You have to roll exactly. twice. Oh, okay. Right. So you so can twice. lose up to two rage, right? If you fail both of them. Got it. So the more dice you have, the better chance of succeeding. I see. Yes. Okay. And then we can howl at the moon, right? To get rage? You can rage. howl at the moon to get rage. Yeah. Oh. Is that con, con action or anything? Or uh, I don't think so. Doesn't rec- That doesn't sound like a... It's just one, a once a night. It, it's just okay. once a night. Seems like a thing... I should instead try to flip this dude onto a chair. But <laughs> I, said, say the only thing I, I haven't asked the for the roll yet, so you're welcome to yeah. change. Well, I, think, I, I would, think I'll roll with it. Like there's okay, kind of like yeah. a weird malaise. So yeah, I think that Duke wants to howl at the moon, and then he is going to use Song of Rage on his pack. 
is the plan. Okay. All right. Nice. That sounds Very that nice. sounds fantastic. Okay. Nice. So uh, what we have then, we have two people that are going to melee. We have one person that is not. So whenever, so both of you are effectively attacking this creature. So when a character is facing multiple opponents, they lose one die from their pool when they try to defend against each successive opponent that targets them. Uh, so basically, the, you're like you're, you're gonna. So one of you, it's gonna get its full his full pool to defend against. And then the next person is essentially one, one die less. This is, is kind of what's happening here. Uh, so which one of you do we want to resolve first? I would say Eustace is you're new. So it would probably, I mean, you're right there. So it's probably you first actually. So you're, okay. you're right up in the melee. So let me roll. So what I'm doing, by the way, when I roll one die, I'm rolling to see if I roll a 10 and if I do it increase, it's basically like a crit for me. And so I increase mm. the difficulty by two. Otherwise it's, I have like kind of a, a flat difficulty for this. Okay. All right, so roll a, it's a strength brawl, uh, since you're just physically trying to flip him off onto, uh, onto, Two. yeah. You are unable to flip him off, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's just, and this like, again, oh, God. it's just tearing That's through you. A great first showing. The good news Jeremy, is, you need to roll like three dice. I like, do. So I need to just, just like. <laughs> I need uh, to try news. stab it or something. Yeah, the good news is, is that Jacques is here. As Jacques leaps into action and you land on the back of this spiral dancer, uh, you're going to also, I think, be rolling brawl as you're biting it. Mm -hmm. uh, so yep. go ahead and give the roll. So, uh, uh, Jacques' strength is four, his brawl is four, and in a hispo form, you get plus two dice to physical. So I'm rolling ten dice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Two of them are rage dice. Uh, one, two, three, four, and two tens, eight successes. Okay. Uh, Not a, that... no brutal, no brutal dice on the okay. rage. Uh, that, so eight, you said in total. Eight you in total. Managed to sink your teeth into this thing. Um, it is not as effective as you think as I rolled a, a lolly on my, or 10 on my thing. So the difficulty was increased. So you said eight, eight, uh, plus okay. one aggro for the bite. So, yep. So, all right, got it. You bite in, you feel this, you, you feel yourself break through fur, break through, break through skin. You hear it. This, this horrible wrench you got through, you did damage to it. You were not unable to break its spine, but it is suddenly thrashing back around towards you with one of its claws, probably giving an opening for uses to crawl out. Duke, your turn. All right, so Duke will move closer. He's not trying to engage by any means, but he'll jump out of the window through the broken glass and as he does, he starts to roll up his flannel sleeves, and we can see on Duke's arms just covered in scars. And as he runs forward, he can smell Eustace's kind of, like, scent change, losing the wolf. And you see he rakes his arm across, or his hand across his arm, and blood kind of spirals out. And as it does, it kind of has, like, this glittery effect, and kind of a mist appears, and it goes around him. And you guys can, like, smell it, almost like inhaling this song of rage. Nice. Beautiful. Love the description. Um, yeah, let's see if it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so charisma plus honor. Oh, I'm better at that than I thought. And then I have to make a rage check. So rolls, so I rolled all together or? 
Yeah, you roll the rate check when the effect that would call for it, right when the effect that would call for it takes into effect. So if you're... Okay, so if I roll five dice, I'm roll a sixth one. Well, the rage dice replaces one of the dice. Oh, so I only get five. Uh, Oh, rage check. Rage Rage check is separate, yeah. So roll five dice then? Uh, So roll roll a rage check first, because if you roll a rage check, you're going to drop out of your form. Okay, I have two dice now, because I'm howling at the moon. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So roll... um, so, so 2d10. So roll 1d10. Yeah. 1d10 mm-hmm. for a rage check. It's always 1d10 for a rage check. Doesn't matter how much rage you have. Understood. But if 1D10. you fail it, you just lose one point oh, of rage. Oh, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, I failed okay. it. So it goes so down go, one. Okay. But you're still able to do whatever it is that you were just trying to do because you're still, uh, you still have rage in your, in your body. Right. Okay. Now I roll my five dice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good thing you held at the moon first. Yeah. Very smart. Oh my god, I'm spinning real power. <laughs> okay. It's got one success and a Jesus. bunch of trash. A bunch of trash. Oh god. Ah, oh, there you go. All right, there we go. Three successes. is what I needed. Oh, four. Yeah, four. yeah difficulty three. There you mm-hmm. go. So you guys oh, let me read it. Um yep. you guys each get one point of rage. And I guess nice. I do oh, all other members. No. So just you guys. Okay, so Eustace, Jock get it. Uh Selena and Lou, I'm gonna guess because he howled. Like it's, Duke actually howled. You probably heard him. Is there? It says within earshot. So all right. Okay. I would say you guys could probably hear it because it's it's a hey. yeah. I would say both you can hear it, and so you hear you. the sound of one of your pack howling, and it's a howl of maybe like a like a like a desperation or a rage or an alert of some kind. So coupled with Hector on the ground here, kind of spitting up this uh, whatever has infected him that he's kind of vomiting it out he's improving the sept in danger you all realize something is going down outside yeah so the yeah. two of you yeah so selena is just going to kind of just just stay here we're we're going to take care of this just you stay here and he just kind of uh, continues yes. the vomit on the ground and it's so, all right, boy. Selena is going to uh, try her hand at a hair's leap. So she Ooh. wants to quickly get from uh, this house up to well, where the action is happening. I mean, I think wouldn't it be cool if you hair leapt onto the roof and like just hopped right over top to the other side? Wouldn't that make sense? Yes, exactly. Okay. I like okay, it. so first, so I am now at Rage 2. Did I hear that correctly? Because I could yep, hear the correct. song. Yes. Sweet. Okay, so first I need to do a Rage check. Mm-hmm. So I'm rolling two for that, and I got a... One. You're all one. You're all one okay. for a Rage one and then check. Reduce yeah. Okay, so the, 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 the dice was a two. If I had just rolled one, it would have been so a two. So you reduce one of your... You reduce your Rage back to one? So, yeah. But okay. you succeed still. But you still, yeah, you're still fine. You can still keep going. Okay. And so then the mother's touch is, uh, it's a, sorry, uh, hair's leap is a strength plus glory, which is three. And I basically get three meters horizontal or two meters vertical for each success. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to worry about doing the math because I hear that's bad on stream. So instead, <laughs> if you... <laughs> <laughs> if you're successful, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So I got um, oh, a ten and a nine. So <laughs> okay. that means it's six meters horizontally that I can jump. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say just because I think it's cool. You're gonna leap um, 
halfway up and across the roof, but probably not all the way across. Like you can kind of scramble up, leap a halfway across. You're kind of like halfway there, basically. Uh, I'll say that you can hear the sounds of the snarling and the yap and the fighting. You hear you hear the sounds of the howl kind of fading away as you move quite quickly. Uh, but there's definitely a scrap going on on the ground on the other side of the bar. Uh, Lou, what would you like to do? So we'll say this is like the tail end of this last, um, this uh, last they turn. always forget about the details. Uh, and Lou will get a carton of cigarettes, knock out a cigarette, put it in, light it up, kind of stroll out of the smoke, uh, house, uh, around the building. And she's not going to turn into a wolf form, but she's going to look at uh, the the pub and look for anybody that's whipped their phone out and has started to record anything. Uh, and she's going to try to summon gremlins uh, mm -hmm. to keep anybody from being able to record. So uh, thankfully, everybody did run into the bathrooms when Duke commanded them to. So when you look around for people, damn right, you actually, <laughs> they have, that's my they alpha. Are, <laughs> they guys. are literally cowering. Uh, and you, you look around for anybody who might be in, uh, in like a position to film this. And there is nobody in, in the restaurant proper or in the bar proper, like where all the tables and such are. Uh, there's oh. no one there. Um, there since you it. probably don't know where they went, that nope. might be kind of curious, actually, to you. <laughs> A little concerning. <laughs> Riley? Riley, where are you? Um, so we'll say you can, you can, you run out, you see, you see this, uh, you see the, the bar is emptied out. You can hear the sounds of the fighting. You can smell the sounds of, uh, or the smell the sense of this, this foreign creature nearby. Um, okay. So one thing I'm going to go ahead and, and sort of ret con slightly here is i'm going to give eustace a point of a point of rage for the initial bite now you because harm does give you rage but over the course of combat you don't continue to get it each time you take mm. damage but i do think the initial like smash down and all that kind of stuff i think that would be fair to say you mm -hmm. take one okay but i don't but you're not going to continue to take it during the course of the fight okay all right New round. Uh, we've got we've got Eustace and Jacques are in melee. You've got Duke, who is nearby but not in, in in sort of melee with this thing. We have Selena up on the roof, not yet in melee, and we have Lou, kind of near the entrance to the bar or even inside the bar if you prefer. And this creature is still partially pinned on Eustace, but is now turning around and kind of biting away at Jacques. What does everybody want to do? Jacques is going to howl. As he shifts into Krynos. And then he's going to bite this thing's muzzle off. Okay. And then, uh, Eustace, what do you want to do? I think I will also howl, try and go into his bow. Okay. And then see how that goes. And if it does go well, I'll try and do my raging strike. Well, Hispo, you should be able to get into. If you're howling to get your rage, that's going to put you up to three rage at this point, if I'm doing because you get right. one from Duke, mm -hmm. one from my retroactive grant of rage, and then one from the house. So you should be at three. So Hispo, you're going to get into no matter what. It's just a question of whether you keep the third rage or not. So roll your rage check. Okay. Uh, well, actually, before before you do before we do the roll, let's just get what everybody's doing. Uh, you, uh, Duke, what are you doing? 
Uh, I think Duke is going to, he doesn't want to actually fight. He's not really a fighter. I think he's going to go into lupus and he's going to try and circle around like where the creature came from to see if there's more. Okay. Kind of be like a, a, like alert or on guard for anyone else that might be coming. Absolutely. Uh, And then Selena up on the roof. What do you want to do? Selena is going to howl at the moon. Okay. uh, Attempt to turn into Glabro. Roll a one and go still back down to one you rage. Still make it. You still, you still make it. Though, yeah. Right. So I do, yeah. and I was at two rage, and now I'm back at one rage. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and what do you do once in Glabro form? Uh, now I want to see if I can very coolly come from the roof in through the broken window and join. I don't that think works. you go back in the window. I think you just hop on the roof on top of you it. You don't yeah. want to go through the window. Yeah. <laughs> go to the window. I think you want Because I went from roof to roof. I'm sorry. I'm trying to understand. Because <laughs> I went from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> you hopped on the roof of the bar and you scraped right. the top of it. There's, so I'm on the roof hopping, of the bar. You're just hopping down. You're just hopping down off the third row. You've got the, you're dropping a people's elbow. Okay. Sure. Yes. Okay. All right, so we'll start then with Jacques and Eustace are both already in melee. So start with them. And Lou, what are you doing? Uh, Lou, yes, uh, is just uh, not in the bar, but in the doorway, uh, is going to pull out their sidearm. And probably they've got specialty bullets or just normal bullets. You asking me? Um, Yes. Would you I think you have you to have get like have an asset. specialty bullets? Okay. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Then I, mean, just... I would have just, um, I'm going to try to, I guess, firing into a wolf. Well, I'll try it anyway. It could be dangerous, <laughs> but you could do it. <laughs> um, all right. So, first off, it's going to be those already in melee. So, it's going to be Eustace and Jacques. You can go whatever order you want. Uh, who would I like defer to, go to you, first? sir? Right, I'll give it a go. So I, I got to do, I think I have two rage checks. I need to do one for the turn and one for uh, trying to do the raging strike. Okay, go ahead. So I lose one. <laughs> oh, Jerry, poor fella. <laughs> and then, okay, I get to keep my second one. Yeah, all right. still has, so you're still at two rage. Eustace will kind of like, he was basically crawling on the ground, just being torn to shreds by this thing. He'll turn around, start shifting form. And uh, briefly, there's like a almost overlay. There's this dire wolf spirit that it's almost like a mother wolf kind of like almost a ghost hovering over him that just kind of picks him up by the scruff of his neck Mm -hmm. and kind of growls at the thing and leads him forward. So I'll get to add my glory rank to my attack. So I've got three and three for six plus two for the form and then plus two for the raising strike. So that'll get me up to ten. I have to work for it, but I wait. I can I can get up there with uh very nice with our man. buddy. So now you're rolling ten dice? Yeah. Mm. Load <laughs> to the guy. It feels like, like too many. Quiet, when the quiet laid back guy, the chill guy gets mad, that's a little frightening. Shit's shit's gonna sure. get real. Yep. All right. Uh so I got let's see. Let's take a look what you got here. I see a six and a One, seven. Two, three, I see a six. four, five, six. Six. I see six successes. Sweet. All right. Uh, so, ah, let me do my thing. Okay, so it's gonna be so it's gonna be six successes. It's only gonna be four that you're going against on this. So you will actually six, beat the contest by two. 
what are you using? Like, are you using your bite or using your claw? Yeah, using the bite for the ag damage. Just okay, basically, so be since, I figure since I'm using the raging strike, he'll follow the form of the dire wolf that's picking him up. Okay. Uh, okay. So then, so it was three on the previous from Jacques, and now three from you. Uh, Eustace, describe how you basically just 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 rip this this guy apart a bit. As actually, that is enough to bring him to zero for his his sort of physical health pool. I think it is just kind of like leaping forward. It's very animalistic. Like normally, Eustace is a very laid back, cool individual. But when it does reach that point. He pretty much is step in form with kind of how Jacques was going. Just leaps forward, the the jaws locked down in the back of its neck, and another paw kind of pushes forward into his chest, and he's just whipping it around, and eventually pins the body to the ground with one paw, <laughs> and just kind of almost like predator style, where you pull mm-hmm. the skull and the spine out, and then chucks it away. Uh, and then Jacques, you're right next to it. You're, you're probably helping pin him down, like kind of like chomping down here and there, like keeping the body from moving too much. Selena leaps down from the top, the top rope. And the three of you are just, just literally piling on this guy. And then from that pile, we see Eustace wrenching free in his glabro form, like hanging on to this twisted, I mean, it's blood stained, but the blood itself is this black kind of icor. You know, it's not the the kind of the reddish color that you're so familiar with. And you just hurl it, and it kind of gets caught up in the wind for a bit and smashes down onto some random person's car. And this thing just kind of twitches a bit for a minute and then just goes limp. Duke, you said you were hmm. running out and away. Go ahead and give me an awareness test with wits to see if you can see or sense anything else. Okay. <laughs> Two. Hey. Uh, okay. There is something you do. You do, in fact, with two use, there's something very large that is, you can see it every now and then shifting and moving in the dust. It's in a, it's at a, it's at a distance, but you're in your, in your form. You can kind of see, this is almost like a, like this this sort of almost black and white kind of starker, more contrast look. And you can see there's something extremely large, almost like um, like Incredible Hulk style, just leaping and crunching, leaping, crunching along the road, uh, kind of in your guys' direction. So coming towards us? Yes. Um, yeah. Eustace in his wolf form is all white. He's a white wolf with some gray, mm. but he has a lot of scars. The scars translate when he he, he transforms, but he will, uh, I don't know. We can't talk, right? Uh, he'll do you the, you know, you can, communicate. Howl. you can communicate. You can't talk, but you can communicate in wolf form. Yeah. All right. He'll do the danger noise in wolf form <laughs> that we all know. I mean, you can bark. Dogs <laughs> bark to alert you when there's danger. This I thought this I was a werewolf. Concept. I could do something cooler, maybe. I bark. <laughs> <laughs> all of you here, the very the very distinguished sound of two Probably sounds a lot cooler, okay. Howling and barking danger danger from the road 
Um, Jacques, still in his hispo form, since he didn't get his turn, will run towards yeah. Duke to protect his 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 pack mat, uh, alpha. Okay. Uh, what about Eustace and Lou and Selena? Selena's going to give uh, Hare's Leap another try. See if we okay. can uh, close the distance. Well, it's it's a ways away. Like you can see, it's it's down the road a bit. It's not like in in like immediate movement territory. So I mean, D- Duke is you can get to Duke without trouble. Yeah, but yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Well, you don't have to Off do because like because isn't that like a, a a rage check? You could lose rage. Yeah. Doing? I don't know if <laughs> I would just, just do that. I'll we'll just, just say for fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll say then uh, for the sake of just moving it along, all of you in your various forms that are forms you're in, you're, you're kind of at the edge of this parking lot. You're at the edge of the road. You can look down and you can see all of you see this lumbering and kind of leapfrogging shadow just uh, somehow kind of pushing through the now somewhat thinning but still spiraling dust storm. Uh, and then it just one time as it leaps, it doesn't come back down. And you see the shadow just kind of leap off and kind of coast around in the air and kind of weave around as if it's kind of veering back somewhat in the direction of your, uh, of your grove. Mm. We must go to protect the grove. Mm-hmm. Row, row, row. I, uh, <laughs> yes, I can, if I have a, a van somewhere, we can get you all in. I can still drive. <laughs> And yes, you yes, I, I can kind of understand the barking a little bit. I remember. <laughs> you should have Jacques. told me we could have done something cooler, but no, you said not the bark. <laughs> I think we are ruining the uh, climactic suspenseful ending of <laughs> Jacques. Uh... <laughs> There's uh, less suspense when we just bark. Dukes. Duke's, Duke's freaking lupus form is like a little fluffy poodle. <laughs> oh my god! Some golden uh, retriever. Oh god! So Selena like howls and yelps in a way that is communicating. You can drive your van if you want to, but I'm up for the run. Yeah, yeah. Jacques is already running because there's no yeah. way he's getting in a car if he doesn't okay. have to. Very Selena, well. Jacques are running. Lou, you hop into your van. I will turn into my lupus form and join some fine. Okay. All right. Uh, is everybody going into lupus or uh, was it hispo form yeah. in running? Mm-hmm. I think lupus is the best travel form, if I recall correctly. Uh, hispo, hispo is faster. Hispo uh, is faster. Okay. Okay. So I'm in Glabro. So I'm going to need to do then another check to get. Well, or you could go, You, I mean, like, you could go in the lupus form. Lupus form is free. That's the best thing. It's like you yep. don't have to do mm. a, a check. I will also it. howl at the moon for one more rage, but otherwise. Yes, we can only howl at the moon once per night, right? I once have not done night. it yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was sort of asking for myself because I'm yes. the one again. So so then just for free, then I will go from Glabro to lupus. Okay. All right. You all uh, race. It's not, again, it's not too far away uh, where the the heart and soul, it's, again, it's within very short driving distance and in your current forms, you're able to, as a pack, run with, uh, with determination, run with probably some rage, some concern. And you, the, the actual grove itself is very large. It's well known in the region. 
there are normally rows and rows of citrus trees, both orange and lemon, uh, primarily orange. It is worked mostly by people within the pack, or excuse me, within the sept. So there's a couple different packs. There's some sort of, sometimes there's migrant workers that come, but not everybody stays uh, on on site. The only people who are allowed to stay on site are are Garu. And so there, there are, there are sort of temp workers and such, depending on the season. And you also know that despite the size, the acreage of your, your grove, there is a not inconsiderable wall that surrounds it. Uh, one that's wired. In fact, uh, you don't border on any, um, you border on other kind of ranch land. So you don't border, like there's no like intermediate like buildings or anything like that you have to contend with. Uh, but there are just trees and trees as far as the eye can, can see, perfectly rowed. And then the they usually grow much taller than anywhere else, thanks to your your patron spirit, a water spirit that courses through the earth below. At the very front of your, uh, like the main entrance, is this this sort of iron iron gate of some kind. And you can see that there is this old-fashioned looking symbol that has nestled in it in like a kind of a subtle manner, like this claw and fang. And so it gives those of the know, like those who would be aware, uh, like this symbol that just, this is a friendly place. And all of you at one point or the other have maybe discovered that, uh, you probably will, maybe we'll explore that at some point, how you came. But when you start pushing through, first you notice that the main gate, the iron rock gate has been ripped free bent over something colossal, something large, or just a massive semi-truck just plowed through it. And it's wide open. Dust alone, a dust storm alone wouldn't have been enough. You race past, you can see the the dust storm is again beginning to fade. It's still nighttime, but it's, it's sort of faded down a bit. You can see that many of the trees have been uprooted. Uh, not complete, not, not, it's not complete and utter waste, but many of them have been uprooted. Uh, it says, again, the strength of your, uh, the strength of your, your sep, the strength of your, your patron is enough that such a thing would never happen. I would say Eustace, especially you have, uh, you're the one who often leads the right ceremonies that happen every month. It's a ritual. Um, and it literally is, you immediately can feel and any, any anyone else who has any sort of skill in a cult would probably feel this too. Something is terribly wrong. You can feel that the sept itself is somehow lessened, tainted. All of you, once you kind of cross over onto the, the grounds of your sept, you can hear this very somber, strange song, this guttural song. It's a man's voice, but it wafts on the wind a bit, and you can hear it perking up in your ears. I need everybody to roll a test for me that I forgot what it was. One sec. Uh, you all need to roll. By the way, Selena's racing Jacques. Like every, like you think we're running as a pack. <laughs> like Selena is just going to like run ahead a little bit and just sort of like nudge you as she like runs past. Uh, composure plus resolve. Sweet. Uh, whoa, you can do that? And is yes. this potentially like a supernatural effect? This is, in mind? fact, 
It is. This is okay. this is something that is you're, you guys are feeling a supernatural melancholy begin to wash over you as okay. this malaise, this intense malaise fights and kind of pushes against the rage and the urgency of your movements. I am going to spend a willpower to uh, re-roll three dice. Uh, and I should say the difficulty you need here is three. Worst uh, successes. And I apologize. I was oh, nice. trying to look up something in the mail. So what were the... Composure, composure resolve. plus resolve. Uh, uh, I, I am... I, I got four successes after I re-rolled. Composure. Okay. I'm also going to spend three willpower to re-roll three dice. Composure is one power. of your attributes, Eustace. It's, they're both attributes. Composure and resolve are both at attributes. Oh, uh, so, yeah. okay, okay. Sometimes you sometimes you do that. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes so you're Duke, did you Did you drink the beer I gave you? I did. Then I have two glory, so I had two dice to it. Oh. Nice. All right, hold on. So, before, let me do that. Then see if that changes anything. Composure resolve is the best okay. thing I could actually It is for me, roll. too. I would be rolling seven. <laughs> I now know. I'm rolling nine. I only rolled six, and then I rolled a seven, so now I, I have five three. successes. I only got two successes. Oh my God. There's so many dice just dropped on the screen. Mm. I'd use this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> being able to stay level-headed is kind of used to this thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so you just needed three successes. Wow. Did anybody fail? Lou. Lou, you lose a point of rage. Ooh. Does that put you at zero? Okay. You feel yourself... You feel like a sudden kind of skip in your step as if like you almost tumble for a bit like you you lose your footing like all of you are so nimble with your running like you, you're it's it's majestic you're all are majestic creatures but then there's this this momentary stumble as this this guttural deep very sad disturbing song wafts to the air and lou you can't help but just stumble for a moment but you fall a few steps behind your pack but you realize you're, you're something some something was trying to affect you and you quickly managed to write yourself and stay in form and all of you continue to run as you do so you notice some of the buildings that are familiar to you the barracks the public house the mess hall etc they have suffered some damage but are largely intact you can see a few uh, you know roof tiles and such you notice also that there are bodies here and there along the way some that are in a similar state that Hector was in when you when you all encountered him out in the in the roof. So, either in in, in different forms, uh, and it the wounds look the same. No no rolls required. You're it, it quickly able to just as you look and then and then run, and then you look at what is basically the center of your sept, which is effectively a church. For anybody who who visits your sept, for any tax people, government people. Whenever law enforcement comes to inquire, they know this as as just sort of a, a sort of a, a place of worship of some kind. They don't ask too many questions. There's no clear denomination on it, but it definitely is a, a shrine, a church of some regard. And you all, as Garu, as as packed as as Karen defenders here, would recognize this as as this is the entrance into the the hidden secret caves below, where the water uh, where the waters kind of course and run free you see that the doors have been wrenched off of it you can see that the rooftop has collapsed inward you can see one of the kind of columns uh, on the outside like one of these uh just these pillars has just been wrenched free and the the overhang where many people would sit underneath the shade 
has been ripped free and part of that overhang has collapsed. And when you get up inside, it is in great and terrible disarray. There are more, uh, there are more folks in here recognized. Many of them are, are kind of coming to as you come stumbling in. And one will say that you all would know very well one of your rival pack mates and they like kind of look up at you and they're coming, they're in glabro form. We'll say as they're kind of coming to and trying to kick the regeneration to gear and they look at you and they just say, um, the black spyro, <sighs> they've taken Nodora. <sighs> the sept has broken. They brought her inside. Spirits, they're under attack, brothers, sisters. And you look and you see the floorboards have kind of collapsed inward. And there is this this hole in the ground. And when you look down it where your beautiful, pristine waters would be, the waters are fetid and polluted, dark. And that is where we're going to end. And we'll pick up on that next time around. Oh gosh! Yeah, those bastards! Told you they'd be black spiral. I warned you guys right off the bat. Yep, yep, yep. yep. They're my favorite. They, they are. They are. I root for them. They're the best. (laughs) White howlers. They're sometimes called. They used to be called. All right. Nice, nice. First try, I got to nearly, I almost bit off Jeremy's ass again. (laughs) That's what I should have done. I should have made it your ass. I don't know why I didn't do that. Yeah. It's amazing how often uh, Jeremy's ass gets bitten off at the beginning of these, uh, <laughs> these campaigns. It is definitely <laughs> going to be useful, uh, Duke's ability to help us with rage, because that's yeah. a oh, couple yeah. different that's times nice. that yep. rage yep. checks were failed. Mm. All right. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. So, uh, so yeah, so basically your, your cairn's been under attack by Black Spiral. You can feel that your spirit is still there but has something's wrong. Something's under attack. Something has, has lessened it in some fashion. It's been defiled. And there is that strange song in the air. So we'll figure all that out next week. Uh, and we'll figure out whether this Karen can survive. <laughs> all right. Why don't we go ahead and uh, do a couple closing plugs and we get on out of here. So Jeremy, tell us about this Patreon. Yeah, and we saw on Patreon. If you comics, maps, tokens, fun stuff, check it out. Perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, if you're watching this later, check out the uh, show notes on YouTube and such. You can see a lot of the links down there. Uh, let's see. Aaron, what's going on over on Garblack? Uh, next week on Tuesday at 1 p.m., we should be seeing some more Coriolis with Millie running the show. Uh, then on Wednesday, we should be back for Warhammer Wednesday and uh, the Astarte Space Marine Death Watch game uh, also at 1 p.m. And then on Thursday, I believe, as long as everybody's feeling better, Lewis will be back with the One Ring and the Ballad of the Bardics. Fantastic. Uh, and as for us here, next game is tomorrow. We're going to be playing some Delta Green. Uh, we go from Arizona to New York. So uh, so come hang out with us. Uh, Saturday, we're back to One Ring. As per usual, we're down to no more than three episodes left. We're down to three, three or less this weekend maybe probably not 
two to three more likely. Uh, Monday, we start up Monster of the Week. Uh, we've done our session zero in that, and now we get to start up with our first uh, our first big uh, scenario in our Family Splatters campaign. That's what we've decided to call it. As we hey. are, are, are you going to kill off the grandmas? Is that what uh, you're, how you're going to start it down? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Aaron, I would never kill a grandmother. <laughs> I'll kill anything, <laughs> but a grandma. I, I already mean, lost my grandma. I that, that's right. the whole thing. Bring them over to the dark side and, and make them my playthings for killing the rest of them, Ooh. but I'm not going to kill them. Um, <laughs> I killed and, one of them in character nice. creation. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ashley once killed a whole busload filled with them. Remember that? We were playing Electric Bastion later. Yes, they were like in did. a sky bus. She accidentally like she did. I can't remember exactly what happened, but she, it, somehow they fell from the top Crash of a skyscraper in a sky bus. And it was just like this Warner Bros kind of cartoon where we just saw a puff of smoke at the very bottom. And all those four <laughs> 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 oh, Amazing. Uh, let's see. Then Tuesday, we just started it up this week. Uh, Marvel, we are playing X-Men schools out. You can catch uh, you can catch Melissa and Kipser and Aaron and myself and Steven uh, is given that is he's in the GM seat for that. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, we got to play this past week with existing X-Men characters. This Tuesday, we're going to get to introduce our actual characters that we're going to be playing for the campaign, the ones that we created. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then next Thursday, obviously, we'll be back with more of this. If you haven't followed the channel, please do. Really do appreciate it. If you haven't checked us out over on YouTube, check out Adventures in Lollygagging, uh, where we have plenty of other games, uh, both old and new. Uh, thank you for everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you for you who threw out some bits and subs. Really do appreciate it. And that's it. We're going to go ahead and raid T2KB. They're playing some Pathfinder. Follow that raid. Have a great rest of your night, and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye.